Episode 2, A Recipe for Mandalorian Spaghetti. The book that I would eventually like to get published is science fiction. Young adult science fiction to be exact. Something for the 4th to 8th grade group. I've been working on it for a couple of years now, going at it for hours a day, weeks in a row, and then setting it aside for a month or two. It's pretty much the only project I've stuck with for that amount of time. I normally fizzle out on my books after a couple of chapters. I'll lose interest, or something will happen that switches my interest. In September and October, for example, I often find myself trying to turn into Stephen King Jr., or Dean Kuntz's less talented cousin. I grew up as a Star Wars kid. If this was a video podcast, you'd know my age by the crow's feet and thinning hair. Since it's not, I'll tell you that the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater was The Empire Strikes Back. I was three. You can do the math. I've always been into sci-fi. In the 80s, I can remember my parents taking me to see movies like E.T., Tron, Return of the Jedi, Gremlins, The Last Starfighter, Back to the Future, Flight of the Navigator, Spaceballs. Sometimes my mother wasn't as interested, so just my dad and I would sneak out to see the lesser-known flicks like Crawl, Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, The Ice Pirates, and then occasionally I would sneak into the room while my dad watched movies like Mad Max, Alien, Terminator, and Robocop on VHS. So it's no surprise that science fiction is the genre I would end up being most comfortable in. If I had to guess, I think lots of first-time writers have been both motivated and discouraged by Star Wars. It's hard to draw inspiration from something, all while trying to leave out the obvious influence. I'm no George Lucas fanboy. As an adult, he's let me down plenty. But you can't deny his ability to world-build and make you care about characters. Sure, other authors and directors and writers have helped flesh out his ideas, and in some cases improve on them, but a lot of what you love came from his denim and flannel-covered heart and soul. So the Star Wars influence is there for me. I don't want to write a one-off sci-fi novel. I already have books 2, 3, 4, and 5 in my head. I want my own Kashyyyks and Tatooines. I want you to love a character from their birth to their death. While also hopefully avoiding any Jar Jar Binks or whiny young Anakins. It's been a love-tolerate relationship with Star Wars and I. I owned every different VHS collection of the trilogy, then bought them on DVD, then bought them again on DVD whenever George added four seconds or a deleted scene. Then he re-released them in theaters, and I went and enjoyed them again there. Fast forward to 1999. I'm four years removed from high school, and my old buddies and I get tickets for opening night to go see The Phantom Menace. It was a night full of wow moments, like seeing Darth Maul for the first time, and the sounds that came from the pod racing scenes, and of course... Natalie Portman. <sighs> and then it was also a night of, huh, moments. Like not seeing enough of Darth Maul and trying to figure out how Jar Jar and Boss Nas factored into all this. Wows and huhs. Like seeing E.T.'s species in the Galactic Senate and then realizing I didn't want to watch any more of the Galactic Senate. Anyway, I went and saw the next two in theaters because I felt like I had to. There's no hatred here. They're fine for what they are, and my kids eventually thought they were cute when I forced them to sit through the first six movies in order, all in one day. I can't speak much to the Clone Wars animated feature and shows. I know they have some solid writers and tie in nicely to the Star Wars canon. I had a screaming one-year-old at the time the movie came out and just never got into it. The episodes I've seen are fun, though. When 7, 8, and 9 came out, I was jacked. 
It would be my son's first time seeing Star Wars in the theater. I might have cried a few times and sat with a big dumb grin on my face. I don't think my family realized the importance, but I didn't care. It was about me, darn it. I know there was some hate for the movies. I know people don't love Rey or think Kylo is a big dumb grumpy baby. And maybe it's because my Star Wars fanboy level dipped in my adulthood, but I enjoyed them, again, for what they were. It felt like a decent enough bookend for my childhood, nearly 40 years of my life, wondering what could happen, what did happen, and ways I would tweak things if given the chance. Now I am setting out to make my own world with the book I'm working on. I have so many ideas for character development and world building and plush toys and video games and breakfast cereals and spin-offs. I just need to actually get brave enough to send it to publishers without the fear of rejection holding me back. Before we move on, in case you were wondering, my favorite Star Wars film? It's a tie between Return of the Jedi and Rogue One. Alright, now we can move on. Let's change the topic to spaghetti westerns. For those of you that don't know what I'm referring to, let me break it down for you. There are your classic westerns. The Searchers, Stagecoach, Magnificent Seven, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, True Grit, featuring actors like John Wayne, Gary Cooper, James Stewart, Henry Fonda, Lee Marvin. And then you have your post-1990s westerns, like Unforgiven, Tombstone, 310 to Yuma, and True Grit, both remakes, Dances with Wolves, heck, even Back to the Future 3 was set in the Wild West. And then you have one of my personal favorites, Django Unchained, which brings us to Spaghetti Westerns. By 2012, the Western movie genre had declined in popularity. The crowd that grew up with them seemed content watching reruns of their favorite black and whites, and Hollywood was unable to figure out a way to draw in a younger audience with cowboy flicks, or maybe it didn't even try. Quentin Tarantino, as you know, doesn't much care what Hollywood thinks, and decided to pay homage to one of his favorite genres of film, the spaghetti western, and one of his favorite directors, Sergio Corbucci. The original Django movie was released in 1966, and borrowed from the 1961 Japanese samurai film, Yojimbo. We'll talk about that more in just a bit. Hold on a second. We were talking about science fiction movies, and then westerns, and now we have Japanese samurai movies, and Italian directors. Yeah, that's how it went. Born in 1894, John Ford went on to direct some of the best early westerns. The aforementioned Stagecoach and The Searchers, along with The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, those are just a few of his gems. John Ford ended up becoming a major influence on Japanese film director Akira Kurosawa. Now, you might not have heard of Kurosawa, but he is one of the most acclaimed, influential, and important directors in the history of cinema. He's also mentioned in the hit Bare Naked Ladies song, One Week. Listen back to it. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Yeah, that's the line. He made 30 films in his nearly 60-year career, most notably 1950's Rashomon, 1954's Seven Samurai, and 1958's Hidden Fortress, which is credited as a major inspiration for the original Star Wars trilogy. Did we just go full circle there? <gasps> Almost. We still have to travel to Italy and then head back out into the galaxy far, far away. In 1961, Kurosawa directed a film entitled Yojimbo, which means the bodyguard in Japanese. 
In a time when Italian directors were looking for inspiration, Kurosawa gave them truckloads. Not only did the movie go on to influence Corbucci's 1966 Django film, it was also copied nearly verbatim in style and tone by famed Italian director Sergio Leone for a trilogy of movies starring a young, unknown Clint Eastwood. A Fistful of Dollars, released in 1964, is basically a shot-for-shot, unauthorized remake of Yojimbo, but with cowboys. Leone would soon receive a letter from Kurosawa. The letter both congratulated him on the very fine film he'd made and reminded him that it was Kurosawa's film still, basically. Kurosawa won a lawsuit and took control of the Asian rights, as well as 15% of the global box office. Leone shook it off and went on to make the sequels for a few dollars more and the good, the bad, and the ugly. So now we've landed in Italy. It's the 1960s, and we learn that it's much cheaper to shoot films here than in the United States. Sergio Leone has ideas. Some are his, some might still be Kurosawa's. Tomato, tomato. He brings in the relative newcomer, Clint Eastwood, to star in his first few films, and there we have it. The term spaghetti western is born. Italy, spaghetti, it's a bit on the nose, but that's where the term comes from. In Japan, these films are called macaroni westerns. Now, it's not quite that simple. Not only were this string of westerns shot on the cheap in Italy, they were also violent and funny and gritty. Grandma's westerns had clean-shaven hunks. These new spaghetti westerns promoted beard growth, spitting, killing a guy just because you felt like it. These westerns were also considered to be closer to what the Wild West was really like in both attitude and style. The spaghetti western genre lost steam in the 1970s, but its influence is still felt today, especially with guys like Tarantino, who credits the Leones and Corbucci's for making him the director he is today. Go ahead and listen to one of Tarantino's amazing movie soundtracks, and then listen to the music made by Ennio Morricone who was writing much of the music you heard in Spaghetti Westerns. Tarantino loved the style, found similar sounds to use in his early movies, actually used some of Morricone's music in later movies, and then actually worked with the man on the score for 2015's The Hateful Eight, a score which, by the way, won an Academy Award. Side note, Ennio Morricone passed away in July of 2020. Man, there have been so many full circles within this podcast, my head hurts. I'll try to draw a diagram of all the influences and add it to my website. Shameless plug, I have a new website. It's curator135.com. No spoilers here, mostly because I'm way behind on watching the Disney Plus mega smash hit Mandalorian. I don't get a lot of alone time to binge the shows I'd like to be watching, and I know as a self-described Star Wars nerd that's no excuse, but it's the truth. I will say that the few episodes I've watched I thoroughly enjoyed, and one of the things that has me most excited is the obvious nod to the old spaghetti western movie genre. I really need a full circle sound effect. That'll work, thanks. When Jon Favreau and David Floney, an obvious Italian, started writing The Mandalorian, they wanted to make something that both fit into the Star Wars universe while also providing kind of a different feel. Filoni, who has written and directed a handful of the episodes, was also one of the key folks behind the animated Star Wars The Clone Wars movie and series, as well as Star Wars Rebels. He's a walking, talking Star Wars encyclopedia, and he and Favreau really wanted to take things back to the roots of Star Wars, back to what inspired George Lucas, back to spaghetti westerns and samurais. They wanted to present a lone wolf character. Check. Maybe give that lone wolf a sidekick or a ward to look after. 
Check. In the cutest way possible. Make that lone wolf an expert gunslinger. Check. Make that lone wolf break off from his employers like a disgruntled samurai. Check. Scenery resembling classic John Ford Westerns. Oh yeah. Ragtag crew assembling to bring down injustice. Yep. It's all there. I think the point of this episode and what really got me thinking is that some of the stuff you or your kids are enjoying with a show like The Mandalorian has roots that are literally a hundred years old. Someone wrote a book that inspired Ford to make a great western. That movie then inspired a young Japanese director to make something like it that fit into his culture. His movie was then copied and borrowed from a few savvy Italians to create a whole new genre in film. That genre is still inspiring new things today. For those of us who try to create worlds in writing, or on film, in storytelling, it's important to go all the way back to the roots. You may love what George Lucas created. Some of it, I'm sure, just popped into his head. A lot of it, though, came from watching and studying and learning about things that excited him. Is the lightsaber Lucas's samurai sword? Could Han Solo be any more of a lone wolf cowboy with his trusty sidekick by his side? Imagine watching an old black and white cowboy film and turning that into the Star Wars universe. It's incredible. Another point of this episode is to say, aside from The Mandalorian, Westworld, and the video game Red Dead Redemption, the last two being inappropriate for tiny humans, I want cowboys to be cool again. How do we give cowboys and westerns that Hunger Games, Maze Runner, Twilight kind of feel and get some of today's youth into cowboys? For me, growing up, it was visiting places in Arizona like Rawhide or Old Tucson and Tombstone. Old West movie sets with live-action reenactments, stuntmen firing off cap guns and falling off of roofs. Unladylike ladies serving me root beer in my beer stein. I fell in love instantly, and I'm finding it very difficult to make my kids see cowboys in the same light I do. Make cowboys cool again. That's my new slogan. Until next time, be good to one another and be creative. The world needs you. Hey guys, it's Nathan. Thank you so much for checking out my new podcast, Curator number 135. I've recently started the website and also try to get on a few of the social medias. You can find me on Facebook. Just search Curator135. I'm also on Twitter, at Curator135. And I also made a SoundCloud account, so I can post all the music I create for the podcast. I'm no musician, it's just GarageBand, but I wanted music I could use that I wouldn't get in trouble for. So find me on the internet, join the conversation, send me ideas for shows. I'd love to hear from you.